0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 160 for the 30th of Nissan in a leap year. So it is Rosh Chodesh today. It is the first of two days of Rosh Chodesh ER, so happy Rosh Chodesh. And today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. What is imposter syndrome? Imposter sh- syndrome is something that most people at some points in their life experience, Many multi- m- maybe multiple times in life <laughs> they experience it. And it's, something, it's, it's the experience of basically feeling like a fraud, so this is something that even very successful people often experience, sometimes people who are very qualified in their field experience. Sometimes actually there's been studies that have been done that show that sometimes the people who are the most qualified in their fields actually tend to experience this imposter syndrome even stronger than those who know very little. And that's an interesting point, which actually will come up in the Tanya today when we get into that. Um, I'll start off by sharing a story of a a time when I experienced imposter syndrome. This was quite a number of years ago when I still taught yoga classes on a regular basis, but I was actually pretty new in my career as a yoga teacher. And I had really only taught uh, people in Crown Heights, like Jewish people in Crown Heights and the from Lubavitch community, people that I kind of knew, or people who knew people I knew, things like that, like friends and family, Hamish style, you know what I mean? And I remember the first time that I got hired to teach yoga at a Uh, Chabad house in, I think it was Park Slope, if I recall, which those of you that know what Park Slope is, Park Slope is a very yuppie kind of place, which is almost like the heart of yoga in a lot of ways in Brooklyn, New York, like that pretty much every other person there practices yoga on a fairly regular basis. And I got really nervous and I started to experience this feeling of imposter syndrome because again, like I mentioned, up until that point, I really thought of, I I really was only teaching people who had for the most part, never really done yoga before people who were very forgiving and didn't know all that much. So there wasn't a lot that I had to be worried about. But now here I was, and I felt like I really would have to prove myself. And did I really know what I was talking about? Like I would most likely be teaching people who had done yoga before and not only who had done yoga before might have practiced yoga for many years might be very experienced in things. Would I be exposed as a fraud? So long story short, the class turned out fantastic. And it was great. And it was very big uh, confidence boost to me. And I definitely felt better about myself in terms of being a yoga teacher. And it was very affirming to see that I was able to really teach a real class. And so again, this is something that many people experience. Most people experience it at some point or another. Why are we talking about it today for today's Tanya? Because in today's Tanya, we're going to discuss exactly this idea of imposter syndrome in terms of our relationship with our service of God. So we've been talking a lot about the idea of loving God and the different types of love of God that we have and some types of love of God that are more things we need to work on. And the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about this, the innate love of God that we have, the different types of love that we have, which are innate within us. And we just need to work at revealing them. And uncovering them. And so yesterday, we really talked about and focused on the innate love of God, which is like the love of a son towards a father. That's what it's likened to. And it's it's likened to the love that Moshe Rabbeinu had towards God, which was like uh, the experience of his, where Moshe saw himself as a son and God as his father. And we talked about how really God is all of our fathers. And so really, we all should experience this love of God towards our father in having this awareness and how we really all need to cultivate this awareness of God as our father, as our collective father to really bring out this Love. And we talked about how, while this might seem like a really daunting task, it's actually not that daunting at all because it's something that we innately all have within us. And it's something that we have the power to do because of the spark of Moses that is brought into every single generation that's found inside each and every one of us. And we also talked about how the way to reveal this love is through habituating ourselves in our language, in our thoughts, and in our speech and in our prayer to relating to God as a father to a son, and that this habituation will become nature. And so this is how we can reveal this love. So today, the altar is going to bring up a challenge to this, a potential challenge that people might have to this whole thing. Let's say a person is going about this exercise and they're saying, okay, I'm going to follow the Tanya. I'm going to do what the Tanya says. I'm going to talk about God. I'm going to think about God. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to pray and learn and all these things. And I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing all of it. I'm doing all this practice. How do I know that I'm not a fraud? Like maybe people on the outside see me and they're like, wow, like Sarid, you know, Sarid's such a holy person. She is learning Tanya all day long. She has a Tanya podcast. She has a, she prays every single day. She's often three times a day, like all this stuff, like, oh wow, she's so holy. I I definitely have had this experience where I've said to myself, like, wow, I don't feel like the holiest person. I, I don't, how can I truly say that I love God on this level of a son loving their father? Like, kind of feels like I'm being a fake here. Like this doesn't feel like I'm being so authentic. So What the ultra rabbi is going to reassure us with is he's going to give us some reassurance and he's going to tell us that, don't worry, calm down. You may feel like a fraud, but you're not. So just like I explained that, interestingly, research has shown that the more people tend to have imposter syndrome, the more of a sign it tends to be that they are actually not an imposter and they're actually a lot more skilled at these things than, than they thought. And versus those people who go around and who actually have real confidence and don't doubt themselves, they are the ones that might have a little bit more things that they need to work on. Similarly, in our service of God, if we are experiencing feelings of imposter syndrome, of feeling like doubting ourselves, is our love real? Is our love not real? This might actually—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's not a bad thing, and it might—it's it, the reassurance that the altar is giving us is that actually we're not fraudulent. It's not—it's not fake. And the proof that it's not fake is because this love is something that we innately all have. This is something that was given to us as an inheritance. It's not something that we even need to work on in order to attain, we just have it. And the only thing that's asked of us that we need to do in this regard is to reveal it out of hiding. And why do we need to reveal it out of hiding? Because this is what God wants. Because God, this makes God very, very, very happy. So the what the ultra ever likens this to is like uh, if a king has a son who the son was imprisoned for some reason or another and then the son comes out of captivity just imagine how excited the king would feel when their son comes out of captivity and this similarly is the experience of joy that god has when we reveal our innate love of him because this is like us coming out of captivity it's also an experience that of joy that god experiences of feeling like that he has a dwelling place here in this realm with us when we reveal this love so Really, we should work at revealing this love. So so the lessons that we'll be learning today is number one, if you feel like your love for God is fake, don't worry about it. It's not fake. And two, even though it's not fake and we don't have to work work on it and it's something we just all have, we do need to try to reveal it. Why? Because this makes God happy. Because it makes God excited to see that our his children are coming out of captivity meaning the godly part of ourselves are becoming revealed and it makes god happy to feel like he has a dwelling place here in this realm with us so that's a brief encapsulation of what we're going to be learning today and for context again we're still in the middle of chapter 44 of liquidyam marim and so let's get into the text and see how the ultra explains all of this so the ultra Rabbit starts off and he says that what if somebody like feels that they uh that this is just an illusionary thing, like that this love that they're cultivating is just illusionary. They shouldn't worry, because in truth, it is actually true truth, on it of its own accord, and an aspect of the love that is concealed, and just that there is a benefit to bringing it out into revelation in order to make it become practical through Torah and mitzvahs. So through when we learn Torah and when we perform mitzvahs through this love this is the purpose of why we need to bring it out into revelation so it will motivate us to do all of these things and this is in order to bring nachas to god to bring nachas ruach like a like pleasure to god just like a son who serves his father and about this it's taught so this is a quote from the Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin, page 40a, which means that a good deed, God attaches, a good thought, God attaches to action and makes it into wings that will fly as is explained above so we talked about this before in chapter 16 you can go back and look that up if you'd like uh, and so what is this pleasure that we've been discussing what is this nachas that god gets when we arouse our love and reveal our love and into action and causes us to keep torments this is like this is likened to the pleasure of a king who get derives pleasure from his son who comes to him when he comes out of jail as we explained above or Alternatively, another type of joy that God is getting is that in the fact that he's, he's getting a dirab dechtonim, this, this dream that God's ha, God has of having a dwelling place here in the lower realms is being fulfilled by us when we reveal this love and so even this aspect of nafshi that we talked about above so what is nafshi ivitik is that my my soul yearns for you so this is the level of god's love where we talked about uh seeing god as our life force and understanding that just like we love our lives we love god and we and, and we, because we should see god as our life force as the life of all life so this aspect of this love is very near to bring it out Uh, from concealment into revelation through habituation so again it comes back to habit so habit is really very important here and so this is uh, so what is the habit it is to habituate your mouth and your mind to be equal so that like you're really in heart and mind in the same place. So like, you know, again, we talked about this idea of meditation and thinking and talking about God and all of that and how that will bring your heart to the right place. And then the altar of concludes here and he says, and even if let's say a person really practices this and they really habituate this, themselves in this way, but they still don't feel that this love is revealed in their heart. Nevertheless, they can still keep Torah and metzvahs for their own sake through illustrating in their own in their minds like creating a, an image in their mind this love like like a person can kind of like imagine what this love would look like in their mind and in their thought and this thought again mm-hmm. so a uh, good thought God attaches to action so it's like if you can't get there emotionally the ultra is basically saying that you should at least even still try to get there intellectually and try to imagine and envision in your mind what it would look like you know it's it's really it it relates really to uh the idea of visualization and like you you know a lot of people do like vision boarding nowadays where people put up images and they imagine and they try to visualize what they want and through this visualization this the idea is that if you visualize it enough it will become real so it's here too the ultra is teaching us that if we visualize what this love would look like this can actually make it real and god will attach this thought to to you action, so that is it for today, and we will continue along these lines tomorrow. And I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather Abraham Yitzchak Ben Binyamin Cohen of blessed memory. Music by Shoshana.